Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Supercoach Edge, and it is post-round one. Now, we were all so excited come the first mm-hmm. game of the round, naturally. But by the end of the round itself, I imagine a lot of us would have been more than happy for the season to be restarted had we been given the chance due to just the sheer amount of carnage that we faced. Like, we know that we, we face carnage. It's inevitable. Mm. But in round one, oh, and I know, Liam, you, you actually were dealt, once again, your fair share. Mm, because... The curse seemed to continue with not just one, but two injuries to my side in round one. Luckily, it looks like we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this, but Liam Jones might might keep his spot. Yeah. Um, but obviously have Stuart um, who, yeah, went down with his, what is it, a medial or something. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but you know what? It's all good. It's all good. This yeah. this round was just a practice, wasn't it? It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not the real count. thing. It kicks off this week. Yeah, that's that's a fair, yeah, that, fair point. That's what I that's what I thought. Yeah, and then they throw in like extra, you know, oh, extra trays, like yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, like you know, multi balls, like in pinball, where you know there's going to be <laughs> multiple balls on the ground at any one time, so you can kick multiple goals at one time. Uh, amazing, but yeah, the, the super coach gods, mm. absolutely unrelenting. And whilst Everyone. I thought myself would come through unscathed early days, having dodged the Stuart bullet, which I'll get into uh, shortly as to how I did. So it turned out no one could escape. Underlined by, yes, Jones getting injured and then Laird dishing up just mm-hmm. what can be described as a flaming turd as captain. As captain, like, fair enough, it's bad enough having him, but as captain, oh, just so, so deflating. Mm-hmm. Now, we like to think of Supercoach Edge here as a safe space for you to vent your grievances much like an AA meeting for fellow Supercoach addicts like ourselves. So feel free to hit us up via... Yes, you can hit us up on Twitter at at Supercoach underscore Edge, David at at DemoJ88, myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95. As we said, it's a safe place. We can we can all come together and and, and console ourselves. Um, Facebook, Insta and TikTok, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Yeah, we'll be pumping out the content, but uh, I can guarantee you that we're all... We're all feeling just as low as everybody else, but we'll uh we'll touch on that soon. 
Yes, but before we kick off, uh, let's let's give a massive shout out to uh, those that joined our Patreon for season 2023. So very exciting. We want to welcome to the Supercoach Edge Patreon community, Dylan, Scott, Arthur, Wade, Matthew. Different, different from Quaid. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Wade. Uh, this, this is the second take. Uh, we uh, <laughs> I had a typo with Quaid. What do you want, Mr. Quaid? The same as you. To remember. <laughs> so, having said uh, that, I actually think we both decided that that Quaid's actually a cooler name. So maybe go maybe go for Quaid. I don't like, I don't mind Wade though. Yeah, Wade's Although good. Wayne, I like Wade. Wayne and, Wayne and Quaid. It's kind of like a bit of a amalgamation mm. of both. So not, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Think about. We do appreciate your support in 2023, and look forward to keeping you uh, taking you on in the cash league uh, from I think next round it starts. Yes, yeah. Next round, it does. It does start. We'll uh, we'll be running through the matchups in the Ooh. Discord, of course. So keep a watch on that. And uh, yeah, banter and what I'll be flying left, right, and center, as will the uh, the insults, uh, no doubt. So <laughs> feel free to throw them our way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always nice to have the support of our listeners and uh, viewers alike. So yes. very much thank you uh, to all of you. And um, yes, we will endeavor to get everyone's name correct um, going going forward from here on out. <laughs> but thank you nonetheless. So it's no secret we have a lot to cover in this episode. So yes. let's kick it off with our usual in-season segment for the first time this year. And it is the good, the bad and the ugly. Now, there was probably more bad and ugly than good. So instead of naming all of our failures, as we'd be here pretty much all day, we'll instead use this segment this week to quickly fill you in on how our teams ended up shaping up because we did do our final team release or final team reveal. However, with the carnage, uh, even pre-round one with changes and omissions and whatnot, we had to again change our final team to a final, final team. You'll see my team up on screen now. And the big change was downgrading Yo to McKenna, which turned into a win. My second choice for Yo was actually initially Bose, who was also injured. And the third, who was uh, Crozier, was uh, left out of the side. So it got me thinking, okay, well, who's my fourth option? And it was another mid-pricer who I thought could make as much bank, potentially, as Yo. And we'd spoken about him in episodes prior. And uh, you'd spoken about him, Liam, as well at length. And you highlighted how, and uh, it's sort of partially blaming you here, but no, I'm going to blame myself, uh, how this player... I am willing to take the blame. I am willing to take This particular player had a really uh, favourable fixture early on, at least he the does. first six games of the season or thereabouts. And he does. But I didn't factor in that this player is none other than Nat Fife. And I took a stroll, you could say, down the path that I was thinking the super coach guides were directing me on because all my other options were either injured or omitted. Mm. And so I upgraded McLean to the old burn boy. And do I regret it? Yeah. Hey, let's just say that I'm a glutton for punishment, but <laughs> let's never speak of this ever again. Even though I reckon this is probably the fifth time that he's burnt me now across the journey. Every time he's been injured, although credit to him, credit where credit's true, he didn't actually get injured this time. He just put in the shittest performance I've seen from him in a long, long while. It was just, it was amazing. But mm. I have to say, like, even though I know you want to take some of the blame, Liam, I'm just going to say this outright. Have we seen a dumber bloke than me? Fan income. It's like being cheated on a girl and then going back numerous times, hoping that she won't cheat on you and burn you again. Well, I've just gone and done that five <laughs> times over. 
I'm, I'm very much ashamed to say that I had five in my team, even though I said numerous times that I wouldn't do it. And I liken it to the steamed hams scene in The Simpsons, except mm. your superintendent Chalmers and I'm Skinner, having invited you around at my place to, to you know, unveil my team to you with the burnt roast in the oven, <laughs> instead being the shitful burnt score that Nat Five has dished up. And I'm fumbling the whole time trying to hide the fact that I chose the disaster that is Five. I reckon the dialogue will go something, something a little, a little bit like this. So you, you can, you can, uh, you can join in. I'll be, I'll be Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be Skinner, of course. Oh, you gods! My roast is ruined! Why is there smoke coming out of your team? Ah, uh, oh, that isn't smoke. That, that's just the likes of Gulden burning it up. Good lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis? Aurora Borealis. At this time of season, at this time in round one, in this part of your team, localised entirely within your forward line. Yes. May I see it? No. <laughs> And then I imagine like me just walking you, we're ushering you quickly out of my out of my house, and then and then my wife Ash <laughs> screaming out the window, Seymour, your team's on fire. <laughs> no, wifey, that's that's just the Northern Lights. <laughs> oh, terrible impersonations, but yeah, just gotta have a bit of fun with it. Fun at my expense. So that's my that's lifted my spirits. A Simpsons gag in there, Simpsons reference. But aside from that, I must say there were a couple of wins. And it was the fact that I was, um, I upgraded Will Phillips to the mm. Dynamo that is Sheezel the Cheezel yes. and downgraded Stuart to Ridley in order to mm-hmm. fund the switch. So I very much dodged a bullet there and picked up the cash cow of the season in that exchange. Mm. So super happy with that. And I think overall I was, I was, I was stoked five aside. I nailed the majority of the correct rookies in McKenna, yes. Ginby, etc. With perhaps you know Philippu, Chandler, Pedler really being the only other ones that I'll probably consider at this stage of those that I don't have, and with the likes of Jones getting injured on five, five dishing up. I've mentioned it again. That shit sandwich in the form of twenty six, and Laird trolling all of us. They captain him with a fifty, which we'll speak of shortly. All in all, I scored a very very paltry one thousand eight hundred ninety. So fair to say, changes will be made and. My ranking is probably the worst start. I'll, I haven't gone back yet. And I think you have, Liam, but mm. one of the worst starts in a long while. 75,454. I know it's early days and I can easily... You'll be able to make it up. Yeah. I'll make it up easily, but it, it just hurts you to see that 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 number. Mm. Oh, I just feel like a complete rookie. <laughs> yeah. I know. How about you? I mean, yeah, I fed similarly. Um, but before we, we go into how my week unfolded, let's, let's have a look at how my team has changed since the team reveal episode, uh, remained actually pretty similar, which was probably quite amusing considering how many changes I'd normally make yeah. before the season <laughs> starts and how, how, how many changes David and I were, were joking about I'd made. Um, but I only made three changes, um, two of which were based off rookies and one was, um, a player that I did touch on that I was 50, 50 on, um, literally flipping a coin over. Um, and that was Steele to McRae. Um, Phillips, of, uh, Will Phillips, obviously, was the sub. So I moved him on to uh, Campbell Chesser. And Jai Menzi from the Bombers made way for uh, Harry Sheasel, which I'm very, very happy that I made that change. So on the most part, uh, obviously, with just one week of data, uh, they seem to work out in my favor on the most part. Mm. Um, which was good. So while McRae left me with less cash in the bank than Steele would have, um, and 
uh, yeah, actually quite funnily, just on a bit of a side note, um, I was actually going to go for steel, but I didn't hit save on my team oh. and I had McRae in. So pure luck that I have, I had McRae in, not steel. So um, McRae netted me an extra 16 points. And trust me, this round, every point mattered for my team. So uh, <laughs> I'm very thankful for that, that, that little, that little stuff up. Um, Will Phillips obviously played as a sub and um, I think he scored pretty well. I think he scored in the sixties, which obviously was much better than, than Chess's. Uh, but he was obviously planted on my bench, but obviously with Will Phillips as the sub, the risk is way too high to pick a player um, like that. So Phillips, um, you know, is to weigh his way into the side full time, like I said, as, as a starter and not as the sub. Could be a handy option to look at if you've got the cash later on the season, but probably not, probably not right now. The main difference for me was Menzi de Sheasel. Um yeah, and boy did it pay boy. off. Yeah. It not only meant that I did actually get to keep uh Phil Philippu, but also got Sheasel's 118 and I got his 118 on field, uh, which was very, very handy for my team. Uh, so my team obviously wasn't without its problems. Um, as we as we spoke about, I had two injuries, uh, Stuart and Jones, and also had the underperformers in Laird and Stupid Sexy Flanders. Uh, but I've thankfully, seemingly, nailed all of my rookie selections at this stage. The only one that I'm probably not too happy with is Chesser. Um, But I think he's probably got job security. Um, but I did get the key ones. On the most part, probably the only ones that I'm missing at this stage is potentially, you know, a peddler or a, or a mainly Chandler's probably the big one. Um, but I'm also happy with most of my, I guess, riskier picks as well. Setters went well. Uh, McRae, probably not a risky pick, but just sort of lower lower ownership, fired. And Goulden, despite the fact that he is in a lot of teams, mm. I classify him as my riskier pick because I'm very happy with how he how he played and what he showed us. Downtown from last year, mm. round 23. That's Goulden. the prediction. That is Good it. Boy. My boy. I guess one thing I will say, I was a bit frustrated as I did actually consider taking Doherty's 108 as a VC score, which I would never do. And I don't know why mm. I considered it. Um, I just felt like, I think I got to Saturday night and I was like, no one's doing great. Like yeah. I didn't really feel like any of the obvious choices for a VC, for a C were, were, were scoring, you know, that one, 125, 130, 135 sort of score. And I was like, oh, maybe it's worth taking the risk. So playing it safe and taking Doherty's 108 didn't do it because I thought, oh, Stuart's injured. I've only got, I've got an 18 on field. Who gives a shit? Might yeah. as well, might as well try and see what points I can get. Yeah. Uh, but funnily enough, I probably should have done it, but uh, it is what it is. So in terms of score, I did finish on 1,937. So not, not great, <laughs> um, but uh, I was actually pretty happy considering, yeah, I had two injuries, like a five and a five an 18 and a 50 as my captain score, like so 100, you know, for the, for the, for, for the captain score. So not, not too devastated by that um, considering, yeah, I've had a bit of a shit show. My ranking is not much greater, 55,499th um, overall. Um, I did have a look back. I don't actually think I've ever been ranked that poorly at any stage of a season um, yeah. in Supercoach. So definitely not happy with that, um, but I think we'll build. And I think considering the the shit show that went on, um, I think we, we'll hopefully have better days ahead. Uh, but now let's just have a look at our head to head because I am I'm I'm finally sitting on top for once. <laughs> <laughs> it took you how many how many weeks last season? But it's oh. you're here. It's a it's a new slate. And this exactly. Is you know what? And it's like 
The Bombers are on top, first on the ladder. I'm on top, first on the ladder. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Love and life. Love and life. It's getting altitude, getting altitude sickness up here. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the one win, and we've got a point differential of just 47. So very easy for us to make, for either of us to, well, for you to make that up, but for, you know, that to, that to be squandered by myself. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> even at this early stage of the season, we should do a live ladder. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll imagine that. I did actually see that I'm pretty sure one of the, uh, one of the broadcasters had a live ladder halfway through the round. Um, and I'm like, not even, not every play team would play it. Like, it's just, why? why? Why have a live ladder in round one? Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. It's like when when Carlton and Richmond drew, it's like, okay, well, they both got the exact same percentage. Mm. They played literally one game against each other. Like, couldn't, could be any more of a draw. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll finish like ninth and 10th at the yeah. end of the round. Like, just, just knowing that. So it's just, yeah. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's nice though. It's nice. But it does mean something for Don supporters, though. I imagine. Mm, it does. But just keep in mind what it happened. Means with absolutely Carlton. nothing. It means absolutely <laughs> nothing. I'm definitely honest. Uh, at least at least one nothing. thing. One thing with Carlton is that I think we're in the eight for every round of the season or something. Bar mm, when yeah. we lost to Collingwood. Um, yeah, and uh, we're not in the eight, so that bodes well for us. So that's 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 good enough for me. I'll I'll take that as a win. Even yeah, though we drew. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing, isn't it? Like, I think there's what 47 points difference <laughs> and already in ranking. And this is probably feeds into yeah. that discussion about ladder. It's like, uh, you're 55,000 and I'm 75,000. Yeah. 20,000 20, difference. It's massive. Yeah. Like a massive difference in terms of ranking, but really 47 points is, is nothing like that's yeah. one, one good rookie score. Um, like one, one of your rookies that I don't have scoring well or, or five just actually, Scoring half decent. That bloke's like, name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to ban his name. I'm have to ban <laughs> his name. He's, he's a, he's a burnt roast in the oven to me. That's all he is. Is, and I prefer steamed hams to him. Um, but yeah, I guess what we're trying to say with discussion about that is, don't be worried no, about your yeah. round one performance. Like we're all pretty down. Everyone's had a shit one, so don't stress. Um, and don't read too much into the ranking because you can no. easily make it up. You can see that there's 20k. Uh, ranking uh, spots difference there just with the pure fact that we've got 47 points difference between us. So like, yeah, there's not, it's much of a muchness. So don't stress about that. And having said that, Liam, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get a win next week. I will. (laughs) I've, uh, you know why? Because I'm going to trade out that bloke. He's, he's gone. And he's going to score 200. He's going to kick 10 against North. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that would require him getting the ball in his hands. <laughs> Absolute twerpies. <sighs> anyway, probably a good time because uh, we have stalled long enough. It's time to face our fears and address mm. the numerous issues and potential trade conundrums already presented to us post-round one in The Price is Right. Show me the money. And for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. And before I get into this, I actually must mention that I forgot about, amongst all the chaos, that stupid sexy one, Flanders, in my team mm. as well. Sputtered it up. Well, he didn't sput it up, but... Wasn't too bad a score, but yeah, it should have been better. But we'll, we'll mention him uh, yeah, shortly we'll in, him. This, in this segment. So first up, we have the injured duo, and it is Tom Stewart and Liam Jones, both defenders, obviously. Stewart, he's been ruled out for potentially up to a month, so unfortunately, he is a must-trade. 
Jones had a pinched nerve in his neck and multiple reports have now said that he could still play this weekend more conservatively. You'd probably think he could miss one game, but even so with a score of five in his first rolling average price change um, will, you know, stunt his cash generation. So the question begs, is he even worth hanging on to given he struggled in the game time that he did play? Um, He was just, he didn't look on. I don't know. Like Mm. it's, it's hard to say. Like it was, it was like light, light and shade between what we saw in the preseason with those eleven marks compared to up until when he got injured. But from what I saw, he didn't didn't look too good. Um, and as we all know, picking key position defenders is fraught with danger. So probably no surprise that uh, they're going to have those peaks and troughs. Um, trading options, Liam. I'll let you roll through these. Yeah, uh, let's kick off with some. Uh, we'll call them potential primos, and I think it's just because they sort of start in the next price bracket down from from your from your Uber primos. Um and that is uh Jordan Ridley 504.3k scored 107 on the weekend and Dacos uh who scored fi- uh, sorry priced at 502.2k so very much the same um and 129 points on the weekend and Ridley looked to be back to his 2021 form of old which was lovely to see had 20 disposals eight marks kicked his first goal and a beautiful 95% disposal efficiency, which we Delicious. all know and love. And just, it was just, um, so I guess as a Don's supporter, I can, I want to talk two seconds about this, but the kick-ins, he was taking kick-ins, but it was a very different style of kick-in that I think we didn't see last year. It was often a, they might've played on, but they would have gone sideways or short. Uh, this was really taking the dis, taking the, taking the sort of the, uh, the, the, the kick-in playing on running through, uh, running, you know, 20, 20 meters up the field and then kicking it long. So yeah, okay. um, I no think there's a stuff. positive there, not as much short stuff, very, yeah. very little short stuff. So I think um, that that that's a positive for him in terms of his, his kick-ins. He did obviously take 45% and played on from all of them as, as I guess you could see um, from what I just said. Uh, Dacos, on the other hand, surprisingly not tagged like we thought he would be, um, which I was surprised by as well, considering I thought Geelong had some good options that could do it in yeah. you know, O'Connor quite, quite obviously. Um, he racked up 35 disposals, seven marks and an incredible 91 disposal, 91% disposal efficiency topped off by 33% kick-ins as well. And he just demanded the ball as well. There was a number of times where it was, it, it seems as though the game plan is almost to get it into his hands. It's like and the so, first in the chain. Yeah. Position, yeah. yeah. Very much so. And there was a few times where it was like, you could actually see he was almost demanding the ball from his opponent, uh, from his um, teammates. Uh, so that's positive, I guess, if you're, if you're an owner. Um, both priced, obviously, around that 500K mark. We'll just jump back into it. And in the case of Stuart, uh, obviously downgrading would give you close to 100K, which is very nice and could be used to address some other issues in, <laughs> in, your, in your team, such as, you know, the, the, the burnt roast. Oh, you gods! My roast is ruined. Oh, <laughs> yes. Flanders. Um, and in terms of Jones, um, it would cost you, you know, 280K or so to afford it. If you were to, you know, upgrade to Ridley or Dacos and certainly would come at the expense of downgrading elsewhere. So you're obviously going to have to balance that across, across your field. Yep. Like it. Like it. Both are really good options. And just quickly on Ridley as well, you mentioned about that style of the kickouts. Mm. And I think it's like if you kick it over 40 meters and even though yeah. it goes to a contest, it's still counted as an effective kick as opposed to if, if you're kicking your, um, what up up to 40 meters or whatever or below 40 meters to a contest, it's mm. counted as ineffective. So that bodes well. 
in terms of kickouts uh, from yep. that stat. So really, really good. And yeah, he was marking well, looked really good. Um, and yeah, Dakes, Dakes was, was awesome. He was, uh, he was like the first in the chain of possessions and then like the third, sometimes the fifth, like he just run on. So yeah. I love that, uh, that style of play, but yeah, he's, uh, it came out today that uh, Port will be paying him close attention. So um, look out for that. And just, I guess, quickly, sorry, before we go too much further, the difference between Ridley and Dacos to me is kind of, is that Dacos is going to get tagged. Ridley's mm. much less likely to get, you know, get that defensive forward role. Um, as in like a someone playing defensively as a forward on him, but Dacos will, Dacos will get tagged. Um, and so I think that's where the risk is. Dacos probably has a higher ceiling mm. um, if he does get free reign. Um, but he'll also have a lower floor because he's probably going to get tagged. Um, and as we saw in the, the preseason, it, it is effective. Exactly right. And apart from those value potential primo selections there, there are the traditional primo slash keeper selections that you can sideways trade to, mm. especially in the case of Stewart anyway. Uh, so we have Sicily priced at 634.7K, scored 111 on the weekend. Doherty uh, priced at 603.6K, scored 108. And Dawson, priced at 603.1, scored 97. So chances are you might already have one or two of these guys, but nonetheless all present yeah. as super reliable replacements for Stewart, given they are all predicted to finish among the top six defensive scorers for the season. In terms of Stewart, the safest option uh, is switching across to one of these three. Um, reliable and safe, really. Virtually cost you no extra swapping Doc mm. to Doc, sorry, swapping to Doc and Dawson. But if you were swapping him to Sicily, it would require yeah. an extra 20K, uh, believe it or not. So with that, I suppose it's, it's something to weigh up, which we will go into shortly. But when it comes to Jones, it'd require a whopping 380K and completely tearing your side apart potentially <laughs> with two yeah. downgrades in order to afford this. So you'd need to activate the boost um, to downgrade, do another downgrade and then upgrade. Let's, let's touch on the cash cows um, and the stepping stones. Uh, potentially they're probably a bit more applicable to, to Liam Jones. I, I probably wouldn't advise going from a uh, Stuart down to a, to a rookie, uh, yeah. but Hey, no. do, do what you like. Uh, <laughs> and team. I guess, <laughs> yeah, it's your team. I'm not, I'm not the boss of you. Uh, in terms of cash cows and probably more stepping stones in this case to start off with it's, it's stocker is, is a good option. Had 74 on the weekend, uh, go to higher priced um, rookie ish player uh, with 57 McKenna, 93, loved it. Loved what I saw from him. Ginby, 85, assuming you probably already have him in, but if you don't, definitely a good option to bring in. And Cole, who scored the 78. They topped the list of the potential sideways or downgrade options uh, for for Liam Jones, but yeah, probably not for Stuart. Very nice. Well, let's go through the verdict for each of the players and uh, potential options and avenues that you could take. So with Tom Stewart, I think mm. either option hold merit, really. Um, yeah. Those first two options, obviously not the cash cows, um, depending on your team structure. If Stuart was your only primo keeper at D1, I would opt for the safer route with an assured primo slash keeper like for like in the form of Doc and Dawson. It's safe. You know what you're going to get. There's no risks there. Um, and you're not ruining the structure of your entire side. And yeah, I think just the fact that Sicily would require, as I mentioned before, that, that extra 20K making probably the less attractive of the three. But if, however, you already had one of those three alongside Stuart. So you had Stuart and another one of those guys in your team already. I would be more willing to take a risk and cashing in on the potential value of Ridley slash Dacos. I still think Dakes holds the risk of being tagged from time to time. And, you know, as we mentioned before that uh, Port have already announced that they're going to put some time into him. 
And that will limit his, his scoring output across the journey. And I must say, as an owner of Ridley, passing the eye test with flying colours against mm. the Hawks, I can strongly recommend him. Um, so he'd be my my choice of those two at this early stage anyway. Yep, I agree. Um, I yeah, don't really have much to add to that. Uh, Ridley's probably my choice if you, as you said, um, you don't have a uh, D, like if D2 is... You know, a, a Ridley or a Dacos, or, or a Liam. Yeah. If, yeah, if Liam Jones is your D two, <laughs> you, you need to get a a Stewart. Uh, sorry, you need to replace Stewart with a yeah, any anyone that we sort of mentioned before in terms of Doherty or or Dawson. Um, it, I think as well, depending on your um, depending on your your what other issues you have, you may want to consider um, who you go to, but. I think it really comes down to if he's assuming he's in your D2 spot or your D1 and you've got a decent D2 in, in Doherty uh, or, or Dawson or, or whoever. Um, I think uh, Ridley or Dacos is probably where I'd be going. I, as an owner, I'm probably going down to Ridley. Um, I think he passed the eye test, as you said. Um, but if you've got other issues like a Fife, uh, a Brun um, as well, you could downgrade uh uh, Stuart to a to a Dacos or a Ridley, and then you've got a hundred k that you could use to help mm. you with Fife um, or Brun. Um, if there's someone that tickles your fancy, there definitely not looking to downgrade him to a cash cow, and definitely looking to trade. He's out for at least three to four weeks. Um, definitely worth the trade at this stage, um, especially to that sort of key pillar in in defence for you. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on to Liam Jones. So for me, depending on who you already own and ranking the cash cows slash stepping stones in order, it'd be Ginby, who a lot of people already have. And if you don't have him, then uh, try and get him, obviously. Uh, then it's McKenna, Stocker, Cole, and Gota for me, factoring in scoring potential and job security uh, across all of those. Keeping in mind, we have only seen one round's worth of form line to really make an assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't mind the idea of upgrading him also to a Ridley slash Dacos but only if you were downgrading a risky mid-pricer that's disappointed, such, a, such as a Flanders, the the burnt roast, uh, Braun, those sort of those sort of players. Yep, I tend to agree, but I'm going to go with a little bit different uh, approach. I don't know if I'm going to take this approach, as, as again, as an owner of Jones, uh, but just, I guess, as devil's advocate, um, it does appear like he might play this weekend. Um, so I don't mind taking the risk and keeping him for another week. Um, obviously he doesn't drop in cash until week three, around three after, after playing round three. So if you kept him in this week, you're getting another chance to see how he goes um, and another chance to see which rookies or which sideways options are potentially better option for you. Um, and as the, as the squad father, himself, Abdul tweeted, um, Frio's defenders, and, and you'll be able to see this, Frio's defenders scored really well against the Saints. And Liam Jones does face the Saints this weekend. Um, and don't forget, he scored really well against North in the preseason match. I think the way that Melbourne sort of approached the forward 50 is probably the issue that he had and why he found it hard to score well um, before obviously being subbed off. Um, I think with I think with St. Kilda, they're probably more likely to bomb it in side 50 um, and with their weakened forward line, he's probably going to have a bit of a field day with some intercept marks. So as his price won't change, if he is named, I wouldn't be against holding him on, holding on to him for at least one more week, just to, just to get a sense of what's going to happen. Um, and I guess as well, it should be noted that yes, he did score five and yes, that'll be in his rolling average. 
but it'll only be in his rolling average for one week. So it'll only affect his score and his break even for one week. Um, and so it shouldn't have a massive impact on his, on his cash gen. Um, Cause yeah, it, it'll, it'll drop out next, uh, the, the, the first, it'll drop out the week after. Um, so I am 50-50 on holding him. I don't like trading in a rookie or a, or a mid-pricer, like a, a stepping stone, like a stocker or, or you know, a goater um, before too, too far before they're, 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 they're on the bubble, just because I think it, it, it's risky. You don't know they could get injured. They could get dropped. Um, they can get suspended. Anything could happen. And then you're sort of, you've, you've wasted a trade to that player. Um, it's, I think it's all going to come down to me whether whether he plays or not. If he's going to play, I might take the risk and hold him for one more week. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely something to to weigh up. And I mean, we'll mm. uh, get some more information as the days approach uh, the kickoff of uh, round two, which is again a Thursday game kicking off. It's yeah, it's good footy uh, almost every. Uh, they should oh, they should have footy every every day. That'd be good. Not so much for the players. Uh, but let's move on to the uh, the next conundrum, and it is the mm. concussed Giants uh, in uh, Josh Kelly and Lockie Whitfield. So both Giants unfortunately sustained head knocks and will now enter the AFL's 12-day mandatory concussion protocol, meaning they will miss round two. Their 13th day is the round three game against Carlton on April 1st. So whilst they will technically be allowed to play, it all depends mm. on their individual recovery. Remembering, of course, that English missed two games last year when he was in a similar, similar recovery timeline. So, so close to game day. So, um, you know, I'm not saying this didn't necessarily happen with these two either, because yeah. as we know, concussion is an individual individualized, um, injury. Everyone yeah. differs, but being so close to that recovery timeline, there's no guarantees that they do suit up for, for round three, but yeah, I think as well, just with the English example, it's probably should be noted that he, specifically the time before also missed two games after being concussed. Yeah. Um, so That's it might, again, as you kind of said, it, it's individualized. We don't know. We don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of talking through their potential, um, I guess, options, if you want to trade them out, uh, we do have first up semi-primo slash breakout contender. So the options are varied and plentiful. And these include firstly, two of their teammates in the form of Tom Green, who uh, we all know is absolutely smashed over the preseason and uh, followed it on in round one, priced at 534.6K. He scored 134 points from 38 disposals, six marks, four tackles, one goal, and 15 contested possessions. As I said, he's a mini cripper and he is embracing that for mm -hmm. sure. Carried his insane form line from the preseason into the season proper. And if you don't have him, Get him in and join yep. the 35% of us that already own him. Um, goes without saying there. He is on the cusp. Oh, he is pretty much now breaking out already. It's begun. It begins. <laughs> I do agree. I like him. Uh, moving on to, I guess, his, his teammate in Finn Callahan, 244K. Scored 101 on the weekend from 25 disposals, six marks, and a disposal efficiency of 84%. Like Green, uh, his, his preseason form line wasn't a ruse. He's the real deal and will make us a bulk cash while providing a solid stepping stone to a primo down the line. And his scorings so far has been good enough, I guess, to to also just be handy on field. Like if you mm. if you down if you had a rookie in his place, you're not like his his scoring's still good enough. It's not he's not scoring like a 244k player, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. I guess. 
Um, so it, it's, it's been good. Um, and look at it, like, I guess um, Ashcroft, who's probably, what, 40K cheaper, scored about 55 on the weekend. So I guess it, when you look at it in that that context, um, it's going really well. So trading Cali or Whitfield to him would also give you bulk, bulk cash. Mm. Uh, and that would be handy um, if you're trading either player to, uh, to, to, to Callahan and then obviously moving them on. Um, moving on, Cali and Whitfield, you'd, you'd be able to use use that cash elsewhere, um, especially if you had some other injuries um, or other underperformers. Spot on. And we have another semi-primo here in the form of Luke Davies-Uniak, who mm. we sounded out uh, over the, the preseason. Uh, I was a massive fan of him. Then I was absolutely seduced by Tom Green and he, uh, he overtook him uh, in calculations for my own side. And boy, did he come out and smash it as well in round one. Priced at 557.4K and scored 143 points mm. from 32, 32 disposals, five tackles, one goal, one, and 19 contested possessions. So well and truly picked up where he left off last season and showed that uh, I guess his poor preseason showing wasn't really a true reflection of his form. Uh, so he, he tricked all of us, all of us. <laughs> uh, definitely a breaker contender on par with Green. So I would highly recommend, um, yeah, I guess considering him. Yep, I like that. that that too. I really like that pick as well. Um, moving on to Jason Horn Francis, 348.8K, mid-forward eligible, scored 136 points on the weekend from 25 disposals, two marks, three tackles, and a goal, and 67% CBAs. Uh, and he looks to be an absolutely changed man at Port. Now, I saw parts of this game. I think, Damon, you saw it in a bit more, mm. bit more fullness than I did, uh, but he absolutely played out of his skin. And you, you seem to be a big proponent of him, I have to say, having seen that game. And I, I do like that. Um, and I think he really did show why he was taken at that pick one, two seasons back. Um, he did play with the sort of dash free smarts and maturity that he hasn't shown to date. And I, it does make you wonder whether he was given that opportunity at North um, mm. or what, what sort of happened there. Um, yeah. Just, I guess, just always, I think there's always just questions there. Um, but if he's getting getting to play his his natural role and getting to play like this, um, could be could be great. But I guess um, the the one query is it was is it a one game enough of a snapshot to trust him given that he has had past issues and even looking back to his preseason games, he had bulk CBAs but only scored I think seventy odd off memory. Mm. Um, so you'll have to make that decision yourself. Um, you could wait another week on him. Um, but would it give you absolutely a ton of bank um, as a bonus? But obviously you can't wait if you're if you're downgrading him f- uh, from a if you're downgrading a Cali to him or Whitfield, I probably still a downgrade. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're, you're totally spot on there. I I have been a big knocker of this bloke, and mm. for fair reason. He's yeah, he's gone yeah. about his footy just in a really dumb, immature manner, I think, like just the way he presented himself on field. Maybe that was due to the fact that he just hated being at North. Maybe it was due to the fact that uh, play under David Noble that I have heard, don't want to uh, say anything slanderous, but I have heard that he, maybe some players didn't get along with him um, and probably part Mm. of the reason why he's no longer coaching at senior level. Um, Maybe it feeds into all those things, but for me, yeah, I am not joking. He reminded me, like, have a look at YouTube and look at old vision of Bucks, Nathan Buckley playing at the Pies and even even Brisbane in his first year. Reminds me the way he moves, the way he carries himself, the way he plays. He was even doing look away handballs, like and just hitting up blokes. Yeah, yeah. Like plays that like a Pendlebury would do. Like 
with his eyes closed. <laughs> like he was, he was killing it. I, I could, I could elaborate on this um, more, but yeah, just suffice to say that I was blown away. I, I don't think this is the same player. Like Jason Horn France is a port compared to North Melbourne chalk and cheese. So I wouldn't yeah. be too worried about selecting him. And he's actually part of the reason why I'm, I'm considering him potentially as an in this week, like going a week early, you could potentially go and wait maybe another week, which would be mm. the smarter thing to do. Um, but I like him. I like at that price point, especially as well. I think back to people like, you know, JP who obviously won super coach last year, he went early on Cripper and paid dividends. Um, and people are saying about Boke returning to the side as well. I think Boke's going to probably pay, play more time up forward like forward. he did years ago. Um, he's at that age now where they should be looking to the, the next phase of um, of talent like they have with Rosie and Butters already. So I think that's enough to suggest that they're going to be – and they, they paid up a buddy. They sold the farmer virtually to to get Horn Francis. So yeah. I think they're going to give him the best opportunity to flourish and that's probably in the engine room, I think. So I am all on board. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, on to the last player uh, in terms of, you know, breakout contenders, I probably you should probably call this guy, and it is James Warple, priced at 309.3K, scored 97 points from 29 disposals, three marks, three tackles, and 14 contested possessions, and had 77% CBAs. And as we always say, release disposal efficiency, you let him down slightly, mm. uh, 69%, um, and did hold back that scoring ceiling. Uh, but he continued on his hot preseason form with a nice showing against your mob in the Dons. Comes with a similar risk to Jason Horn Francis, uh, especially when it comes to pulling the trigger on him early, but he will afford you money in the bank also. So weigh that up. Uh, if it does afford you a bit of extra cash, which you can use and put to good use uh, with another trade, um, I would definitely think about doing that trade this week. But if you can afford to hold out, um, yeah, do so. But I mean, speaking of uh, Kelly and Whitfield, you're just gonna have to wait and see as to what news come out about them if you are willing to wait. Yep. And I think with James Walpole, seeing him firsthand, like he, he looked good, butcher, um, absolute butcher, but um, he was just collecting the ball at will, I feel, yeah. um, especially in and around the CBAs. Um, when you compare him to a J, JHF, um, I guess you're, you're saving 40 odd K you're probably getting someone who's a little bit more of a sure thing um, or had a bit more recent scoring form yeah. um, in terms of through the preseason Warple scored about the 90 odd off memory in the, uh, the practice match um, scored again, 97, obviously, I mean, you don't know what Mitchell's going to do having lost the way that they did. I don't think Warple would be on the, like, I can't see Warple being on the block. I don't think he was, no. was the no reason. Way. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it'll come down to whether, whether Mitchell decides as well that he wants to really focus on, on the, uh, on the youth coming through. But I, I, I liked what I saw from Warple and I would consider him, um, it, but JHF also has that handy DPP status. So it's, it's, it's a real flip of the coin yeah. for me. Um, in terms of other options, we got some primos and we're not going to go through them, but we'll just, we'll just list a couple. Um, in terms of primos, you've got the caliber of Bont, Oliver, Parrish, Cogs, Cripper, all looked good on the weekend and all presented as viable, safe options, depending on how much money you have to spend. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think there's much more to say about them. They're safe. They're reliable. Um, they're probably, yeah, those that you could pick, 
um, and just feel feel comfortable that you're going to get a decent score from. Obviously, the likes of those breakout contenders might save you some cash, um, but probably come with a little bit more risk. Yeah, uh, spot on. Uh, just in terms of our overall verdict, so with these two, I'm in two minds here as to whether yep. or not you trade. If this was post round three when prices had changed, I would say hold. Yeah. But given prices are yet to change and we have an extra trade this season, mm. I would say consider this a luxury injury slash correction yes. trade reserved okay. every year, which you should be doing pre-price changes. And I think get your trade on. Um, do it do it while you can. Um, holding out a week means you're going to have to field a rookie. Yeah. Uh, so that does really put a dent in your scoring potential overall. Yeah, don't hate it. I really think it comes down to what issues you have on your side. Uh, if you nail all your rookies and don't need to or won't be making any corrections, um, you know, because you don't have Fife, you don't have uh, Brun, you don't have, I don't know, Flanders. Yep. Um, you don't have any injuries. You don't have Jones. You don't have Stewart. Well done. You, you escaped all of the carnage. <laughs> um, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, then a trade probably makes sense. I think if you've got the more the more issues you have, the less likely I'd be to tell you to make a trade because you're going to need to just weigh that up. Um, if you've missed out on the likes of Green or even an LDU, I think trading Kelly down would be a good idea. Whitfield, probably a bit harder. I don't know his exact price off the he's top of my head. He's about 400. He's yeah, like high so, 400s. Yeah, so you're probably going to have to find a little bit of cash, but... Um, Probably a JHF or a Warple would probably be not a bad option there. I like it. I like it. Yeah, if you've got enough. Sorry, I didn't mention which which guys to go for. I think there's there's merit in going for any of those guys, really. comes down to how much cash you have. Um, yeah. And yeah, whether or not that cash is better spent on another trade if you have to deal with the likes of, uh, of Jones as well. But just weigh all that up. But I think, yeah, yeah there's, there's merit in doing any of those things. Yeah, uh, but let's move on to the uh, underperformers. We'll call them. We'll group them all together, and it is, believe it or not, Laird, Hopper, Fife. I've said his name again. Flanders and Brun. So, on top of injuries, we also had these underperformers who failed to impress. Rory Laird. He does headline this list, believe it or not, with a score of just fifty. Came yeah. off the back of just eighteen disposals, two tackles, a disposal efficiency of just sixty-seven percent. Still had the high CBAs with 22, which was the highest of the mids for the Crows, but only two, 206 metres gained and lowish time on ground of 77%, which I must admit, I was watching the game and I had fan footy open as well at the same time just to see because I couldn't spot him on field at all. Mm. And he was on the bench so much, which lends me to think that maybe he wasn't right. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he was suffering from something yeah. um, illness-wise and he was being managed because it was such an unled like game. Um, yeah, it was just really unusual. I think it was his lowest score since 2014 as well. So it shows that you have to delve way back into the archives to find a score like this that he's punched out. So whilst it is concerning, it is one week. And like you mentioned earlier, it's only going to be his rolling average for that one week. Uh, sorry for the one for the first three yeah, rounds of the roll, first, rolling yeah, average. Yeah. And then it goes out of his, out of his um, rolling average. So not the end of the world, but uh, yeah. just, just keep watch, keep watch. Uh, let's jump into Hopper. And that was, uh, I don't have him. I'm glad I don't have him because he also mm. underwhelmed with a score of 67. I have to say, I was watching his score in that Richmond Carlton game, praying, not praying that he didn't score well, but praying that I hadn't stuffed myself up by going for <laughs> setters over him. Um, but with the score of 67, I wasn't too concerned until 
setters came up to play and I was very concerned then because I thought I don't want to have egg on my face. Uh, but he did have 18 disposals, three tackles, went at just 61% disposal efficiency, did still have the 13 CBAs, but suffered from, again, from low time on ground at 72%. Don't think there's massive cause concern. Don't, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them. I won't, won't delve too much into it. But yeah, I don't think there's too much cause for concern there. Um, I think someone likened him to Brody from last year, who actually pumped out a relatively similar score in the first round last year yeah, um, and had similar similar time on round as well. So I can't remember who it was. So whoever it was, sorry, but uh, <laughs> uh, good good stat there. Uh, but yeah, it was um, similar. So one to one to one to watch. But uh, let's move on to the the roast the the burnt roast himself, Nat Five, <laughs> yeah. and he was another that. <laughs> Oh no, it's ruined. (laughs) He scored just 26 points off nine disposals, just the one behind seven marks and a disposal efficiency of 56%. And then he also had low time on ground at 79%. So yeah, not, not, not looking great. Um, One that you can definitely look to move on, but we'll have our verdict on him a bit later. Put that burnt roast straight in the bin. That's unsalvageable. Just there was actually at one stage there where he had, I think it was five disposals and it was like at half time, and four of them were turnovers. Like oh, just wow. like clang like, come on, mate. You want a brown low medal. Yeah, you had a had a brown low medal around your neck with your shirt off. Like yeah. come He's on. He's won two brown low medals. Oh, sorry, I forgot about the other one. Does he deserve it? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> back of that. Uh, let's move on to uh stupid sexy Flanders. He did seduce all of us with his stupid sexy get up. <laughs> that he had in the preseason as he turned up <laughs> across the preseason. But he did end up finishing on 64 after, I must say, some late junk time points. Didn't look mm. really good. I, I watched the game, uh, was, wasn't was really sighted. When he was sighted, he was up forward. Uh, mm. Had limited time. Really weird. He was thrown back into defense at one stage. Um, I don't know if he was camped on the wing and then I, I assume that was the case and then shifted down into defense. But then he was he was positioned back in the mm-hmm. forward line and, and uh, camp there for a majority of the game. And it was really when Sydney took their foot off the pedal that he actually started. Oh, okay. Well, I might as well just you know, kick a couple of goals and uh, have some points, but didn't look good. Didn't look good. That scoreline flatters him. So not too happy with him there. And finishing off, we have Tanner Bruin, who thankfully I don't have, uh, but he disappointed owners with a score of 58 from 17 disposals, four tackles, 47% disposal efficiency, and just 64% time on ground. Uh, with 16 at CBA. So it was well down the list for the Cats. And I think it was mm. when Tom Stewart got subbed off and it was Parfit that came on. Parfit's a midfielder, obviously not a defender. So that's to do some restructuring. And uh, there was there was just no room uh, for Bruin in the midfield, which was the biggest concern for me heading into the season, uh, which prompted me not to select him just because uh, we know what Scott's like. And there's no guarantee um, you are given that specific position from week to week. So um, what do we do with these guys, Liam? Yeah, let's kick off. Let's kick off with Laird. Um, What do you think, David? What do you think going Laird? Uh, I think at this stage anyway, don't don't trade him. Uh, It is super tempting to do so. Seriously? Do not trade. (laughs) Unless he puts in another stinker, however, next week. So it's really one week in isolation. Don't panic and don't overthink it. the Emper, who is uh, one of our um, longtime uh, fans and does a lot of good stuff for us in terms of stats, uh, we might post up the if he if he gives us a bit of permission, which I think he will. Uh, he did a bit of a breakdown in terms of how much cash he would bleed if he averages, I think, it was ninety odd. 
So Rory Laird is the third, fifth most traded out player at this stage, 2.7% of teams mm. trading him out, uh, 3,338 coaches. Um, but I agree with you. Don't don't trade him out yet. Hold him for at least another week. If he makes 120 or 130 points, uh, you get the good score. Um, and remember, if you pick Laird, you didn't pick him for the price. So don't worry about, about how much cash he's going to drop. Definitely hold this week. With that being said, you can short him the week after. Like, I, I don't mind the idea of shorting him the week after. It's going to give you a lot of cash. I think we'll talk about it a bit later in the episode. There's a question about it. Um, but I don't mind that, but definitely not this week. Yeah, no, exactly right. Um, just with that as well. So Empire, so he put up, if he does score 90 across the next two weeks, he will drop 72K um, in round three. Yep. And then another 36K in round four. If he scores 120 across the next two weeks uh, for round two and three, he'll only drop 46K. And then if he scores another 120 in round four, he will drop 3.9K. So yeah, that so will stem really the bleeding. Out. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if he does come out and score an absolute blinder, I would not be trading him. Don't don't no. be silly. Yeah. If he scores yeah. below 100, I think, yeah, that indicates there he's going to at least drop about 100K, which in itself is almost worthy of a trade. Like if we put a valuation of 100 to 150K per trade, um, if that nets you that, there's there's probably merit enough to, uh, to trade him. But we'll delve into it, I think, a bit more next week, depending on how he scores. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to Hopper Damon. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so I think he's one to sideways to a Warple, Setterfield, or Horn Francis if he puts in another subpar performance. So not really panic stations just yet in my eyes. Uh, wait and see how he performs and then make an assessment from there. At least there's enough um, options there to choose from if he does spot it up. Agreed. Uh, concerning with his score, but I don't think it's necessarily time to panic. Hold on to him this week, but a corrective trade to Warple, JHF, Setterfield, or the like, probably on the cards. Yep. Uh, moving on to five. So, yes, obviously stupidly took the risk. Uh, <laughs> didn't think I'd take it just one week. Uh, sorry, I didn't think it would take me just one week to, to burn me, but uh, he did. He cooked himself and he cooked me in the mm. oven. Uh, seriously considering a corrective trade on him, given I nailed the majority of my rookies. So, Virtually have a spare trade up my sleeve. Would be looking closely at downgrading to a rookie you missed uh, if you are in my situation or perhaps someone like a Horn Francis or Zebel around that mark, which wouldn't cost you too much coin or might even net you just a little bit of cash uh, in exchange. Yep, agreed. Didn't catch the game, so I, I, I can't talk about it too much. I was just Shit. too busy Take celebrating celebrating Dons being on top of the ladder. Uh, but based on stats, <laughs> I would have preferred doing that as a council than watch five. <laughs> uh, but based on on the stats, I'm not not against a corrected trade here. Does have a I will say does have a relatively good run to kick off the season um, with games against North, West Coast, Adelaide, and Gold Coast in the next four. He has a massive average against North. Obviously, he's a midfielder, so just keep that in mind. I'm not going to raise it as a result. Uh, so one good big game could skyrocket his price. That's all it's going to take. Um, so you could hold for a week and then consider your options. But um, I'm, again, not not against trading him out at this stage. I know you just said all of that, even though I, I tuned out halfway through. Um, you got to hold him, out. But you? you said all of that to get under my skin. And uh, kudos, kudos to you. That's that's just a bit of a bit of bit of banter. That's that's good. That's good by you. It's good. You don't mind, Kevin. Yeah, if I was to keep him, then you would uh, you'd go two nil ahead in our head to head, which I won't let you do. So even if he scores over hundred, 
He you're can gonna trade he him can out. Just, he can have a couple of these. Have a couple <laughs> of these. You're gonna trade him out, and you're gonna lose by whatever. You're gonna lose the head to head based off whatever he scores, and yeah. it's gonna be a hundred plus. Yep. Hope he does. Hope he does. <laughs> and then you know what's gonna happen? He's gonna get injured like he always does. So yeah. Oh well, that's fine. <laughs> I'll just be using a trade that I'll be using later. I'm not jaded at all. Mm. All right. Moving on to another guy that disappointed me, but not as much in the stupid sexy one. Um, at least he's sexy, whereas Fife's just stupid, just just stupid. Um, but someone, so Flanders was someone I was willing to take a risk on, given it'd be easy to corrective trade him, and it is something that I am considering. You could afford to wait a week at least to see how he responds against a less tough yeah. opponent, because the Swans were like, as yeah. you know, grand finalists, um, and they performed uh, as if they were. Could give you the bank to corrective trade uh, to a must-have rookie like Sheasel, for example, which I would definitely do if you don't have him. Uh, but in this case, it's a 50-50 for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know. He's not really taking on a less tough opponent. He's taking on the ladder leaders next week. Oh, is he? Well, in that case, <laughs> <laughs> the old heave-ho. Out in your ass oh, with Fifey. Oh, but he did actually score quite uh, well. I don't know what he scored against us in the preseason game, but he played quite well against us in the preseason. So mm. it's a tough one. I'm. Um, <laughs> the Don's of the I, problem. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good I'm clearly like joking, everyone. Please do not, <laughs> not do not at me about this. Uh, I'm not. I'm not serious. Here's uh, oh, one. Flanders <laughs> is one that I toed and froed on this like last whatever 24 hours um i'm not sure um i'm probably going to keep hold of him i don't want to necessarily trade him to a player before their cash rise um their price rise just because you know as we said injury being dropped mindful of that so i'm probably going to hold unless i can definitely upgrade him um to uh and even then an upgrade is probably um not necessarily a massive upgrade it's probably just a you know, an upgrade to a to a higher price, mid price, like JHF or or the like, or a Zebel maybe. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on, shall we, to Braun to round mm. us out. And he's another one I'm 50-50 on, mm. probably more so out of everyone here um, that we've spoken about. Showed the most promise of the lot, well, apart, apart from Laird, uh, yeah. early on and was switched out of the engine room once injuries hit and Parfit was subbed on, throwing out the cat structure making his role a bit of a scapegoat. His opportunity and assured role is what scared me away from selecting him, as I mentioned earlier, and it's what is happening at present. I would probably wait a week, and then if it continues, I would trade away. Yep, I agree with everything you just said there. I think it's hard to it's hard to read the role based off what happened with Stuart and Parfit being the sub. Um, I'd wait a week, get another sample, and then trade him the, the, the week after. Um, keep it simple. Um, but we should mention next week, we'll be doing a more comprehensive look at the best cash cow options ahead of price rises in round three. So given they'll be on the bubble and about to rise in price, um, then we won't we won't touch on them now. It'll also be easy to give you a bit more of an informed verdict of two rounds of data as opposed to just the one and with an assured break even, giving us a better indication of the cash generation potential and probably even a bit more idea of job security. Yep, they're spot on. Well, Liam, for the first time uh, this season, it is, this is a visual gag. So if you're tuning into the podcast, tune into the vodcast, it is, I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. All right, Liam. Well, here we are. 
Doot, doot. We are both captains at the moment. Uh, so, yes, if you are tuning into the uh, the podcast and you have no idea what just happened, uh, I just whacked on my captain's hat, which is a bit of a prop for season 2023, Ooh. and so too has Liam. So, um, this is the cap. What's that? The power of, I don't know, online visuals. Visuals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, first of all, you know, I'm the captain now, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time. We chat about the VC and C options that you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. Mm. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. So for those new Supercoaches tuning in, it should be mentioned that we generally have a rule of a score of from 120 to 125 plus for those, um, I guess, VC scores that we'd like to, uh, to lock in with the captaincy loophole. So keep that in mind when you look at your options this week. And just mentioning further about these hats as well. So we are doing a little bit of a, um, should we mention it now? Mention it now? Alex, let's, 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 let's do it at the oh, end. Okay, do it at the end. Okay, we'll, we'll, you'll find out as to why we're in we, these we hats. We should look, at, look like fools for the whole segment. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I'll let you do the honours, Liam. Uh, kick us off with the first uh, couple of VC options there. Let's start on Thursday night. You'll be seeing this game firsthand, Damon. Uh, mm. Doherty against Geelong, 7.30, sorry, 7.20 at the MCG on Thursday night and with scores of 93, 122, 102 and 121 in his last four against the Cats, he has an average of 109.5 uh, against the Cats, which, I mean, not, not a massive one. He's got a couple of decent scores in there, 122 or 121, um, but I don't mind it. I think a nice early Thursday night, it's good to lock away your VC if you can. Exactly right. So uh, next up, we have Dunkley against the D's on Friday at 7.50 p.m. at the Gabba. Uh, scores of 117.67, 106, and a whopping 202 in his last four against the D's. Makes an average of 123. So, um, yeah, he's, he started the season um, in uh, all right form, I guess, uh, by his standards anyway, 108 um, on the weekend. And, yeah, I like that. He, uh, again, presents as a bit of an early option. Um, so he uh, he's one that I am factoring in. Yes. And uh, in the same game, but on the other side of the field, it is Clary Oliver. Um, he has scores of 140, 118, 94, and 177 in his last four against the Lions. And that comes at an average of 133.25. So he is looking good. Mm. I like it. He uh, he speaks for himself. He uh, mm. absolutely tears up the line. So have a good look at him. Uh, next up, we have the uh, uh, Rory squared. Jeez, uh, <laughs> did he did he play like a bloody block? Just just spinning on end over end on the weekend. Just running a puff. Uh, he faces the Tigs on Saturday at four thirty five p.m. at the Adelaide Oval, and he's had scores of 120, 108, and 121 in his last four against the Tigers for an average of 110.25. So keep him in mind as well. Yes, and rounding out our probably our VC options, playing in that same game, uh, it is Jordan Dawson. Um, he has scores of 101, 115, 75, and 104 in his last four against the Tigers, coming up at an average of 98.75. Um, probably... Not a bad option to to take the risk on um, for for a VC as well, um, especially considering, pod. yeah, a bit of a pod, and uh, I think considering some of the V the, the C options that we'll come up with, um, being a little bit more short things. Yep, and as for those those captaincy options, let's roll through them now. So first up, mm. we have the Bont uh, up against the Saints on Saturday at seven twenty five p.m. at Marvel, and he's had scores of one eighty one. 
159, a 94, and a 70. So a bit of a downward trend there, but I think it was the 181 his most recent? Yeah, one, most recent. So 181 to 159, most recent. So expecting around about a score of 200 on the weekend, uh, going by <laughs> that uh, that rate of scoring, uh, upwards trend, I should say. Um, so yeah, it just speaks for itself. Bont, uh, security, safety. Uh, mm. So factor him in. Definitely. Uh, next up on Sunday at 3.20 at Marvel, we've got Miller, uh, Tuk Tuk Miller, the running man up against Essendon. And he has scores of 110, 103, 65 and 134 in his last four against the Dons with an average of 103. I think he could be in for a, a good score on the weekend. Uh, moving on to Cogs and he faces West Coast at 6.20 p.m at Optus Stadium, and he's had scores of 140, 53, 52, and 100 in his last four against the Eagles for an average of 86.25. So a bit of a mixed bag there, but he may flourish without the mm. likes of uh, Whitfield and more so at Kelly there as well. So it'd be him, Tom Green, and probably Callahan. Hopefully he stays in the wing there where he does his best work, um, tearing it up against the Eagles. Yep, agreed. And in that same game, on the same team, it is Tommy Green. Got him as a captaincy option. Bit of a mm. bit of a risky one, I guess. Probably not one that many people would take. He's only played the two games against the Eagles for scores of one hundred and two and one twenty three. Comes at an average of one twelve point five. But what we've seen on the weekend, one thirty five. I think he scored off memory, um, or something similar. One thirty four. Uh, yep. One thirty four. Very close. Uh, <laughs> I think he is in. He's a good option. He's a good pod i guess option in the sense that i don't think many people will look to captain him yep like it i like the uh the pod options probably more so with the vc because it, it provides a bit yeah. of safety net there yeah. but even so i saw there's a couple of people put the, the outright captaincy on tom green in the weekend and obviously mm. paid dividends there um the hype is real believe the hype uh <laughs> because he is paying dividends so factor him in absolutely but liam let's get to uh explain I'll, I'll let you do this explain these uh these prop captaincy hats are they props no they're real we no they're real what do you we are we captains are, we, we are captains we are as captains we say now. every week we are the captains now <laughs> <laughs> we've said it enough <laughs> you might as well be <laughs> yes uh so uh, we've decided to have a little bit of a head-to-head just to uh just to add a little bit of spice spiciness mm. to the uh to the i'm the captain now segment each week uh so each week damon and i will choose a captain option um, each. So I'll choose one. Damon will choose one who we think will be the best score for the week. Uh, they don't have to be in our sides, uh, but they must obviously be a viable captain option for the community. So we can't choose, I don't know, some random like Dan yeah. Rampy who's in 1.4% of teams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would have been a good one, but uh, yeah, got to choose yeah, someone, exactly. someone halfway decent. So the rules are simple. Highest score when the player wins. Um, and the highest, the, whoever wins gets to wear the captain's hat the following week for I'm the captain now, because they are the captain now. Exactly. And uh, we can't Makes choose sense. the same player in consecutive weeks. Um, so if I chose Led last week, I can't choose Led this week um, as well. And we also both can't choose the same player. So we'll alternate who gets to pick first. So we are a little bit of fairness in there. So now that we've uh, set that up, Damon, what do you have for your first pick? I'll let you let you go first. Well, now that you mentioned the rules, I stupidly look ahead to next week because uh, this player that I'm picking obviously won't be able to choose the next week. (laughs) So if they have a favorable uh, draw, but uh, all right, let's just go in uh, bareback, we'll call it. (laughs) So it adds even, damn it, I should have kept that in my sleep. So the pressure is on definitely now with the first pick, but I'm going to go with the pink sweaty pig himself, Mm. Clary Oliver, even though he's not in my team. Apologies. 
Sincerely, uh, sweaty pink pig. So can't wait to be wearing this uh, this captain's hat next week, Liam. Lock her in. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, based off that, I'm going to go with someone that's in my team, and that is Bonton Pally. I just don't think you can look past him. Two most recent scores against the Saints, 181, 159, admittedly against a, a, a Brett Ratton structure rather than, I guess, the uh, the Ross, the boss's defensive strategy. But I think potentially some extra stoppages could help the Bond um, in and around the ground. Uh, I know I'll be wearing the cap next week, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I must say I was uh, I was gifted because Clary averages 119.9 against the, the Lions, which is up there with oh, it's sort of middle of the road. Uh, and then the week after, he only averages 101.3 against the Swans. Mm. So uh, Bond, however... Should I, should I let you know? I st- I still no, I've locked it in. I've locked it in. I don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> he averages 113.6 next week against... Oh, not next week, the week after against the Lions. Thank so, you. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Who knows? That, that doesn't... As we say, what is it? Past performance isn't a true indicator of future performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or thereabouts, whatever it is. So, uh, looking forward to wearing this cap next week, Liam, and... Um, yeah, see how we go. But Liam, I think now it's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to, I guess, throw open the mic to the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community. Mm. And um, I, I hear a few people asking, what, can you hear that in the distance? I got to know. I got to know. <laughs> I got to know. Hey, I got to know. <laughs> that, is, that is by far the creepiest one I think you have ever done in the three seasons we've been doing this. I had chills. I had chills. <laughs> it was it was the people in the distance. Could you not hear? Oh, them? was it? <laughs> no, it sounded like like some sort of axe murderer. I got to know. I got. To, it was like a like a, a bit of a bit of a bit of a mix of sultriness as well thrown into it, which which threw me. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. Okay. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I'll give it that. But uh, in I got to know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and we answer your burning questions. I've noticed as well, we've still got our, our captain's hats on. Let's yep. let's uh, let's wear them collectively right. for the first time together it. for the rest of the episode, because it will be the last time we get to wear them as one together. So Yes, good point, good point. Um, let's, let's do you want to kick it. us off with the first question? Yeah, let's do it. It's from... Uh... From Empa, big fan of the show, big friend of the show, uh, Empa. Check him out on Insta, uh, on Insta, on Twitter, at at Empa underscore X E M P R underscore X. So with the uh, he asked with the extra six trades this season, is it worth burning one to effectively pocket a free one hundred fifty to two hundred k by sideways trading Rory Laird to any number of primos? And uh, I don't mind it, uh, but would probably hold off doing this until next week. Um, mm. He looks great. I think we just need to go back and remember, he looks great in the preseason game, scoring, I think it was about 150, 151, something like that. Um, he obviously had a, a dud game this week. I think, as you said, my first thought based off of his score and the fact that he wasn't tagged was that he probably copped. He was probably sick. He probably had some illness, something like that. That's what's that's what's seen him go down. Um, if he can't score well against Richmond, then I'd probably be moving him on. Um, but I'd definitely be giving him this week. There's every chance you get a 120 plus score. And then if you really want, you can short him for the 150K in the bank to a cheap, cheaper mid primo the week after. 
but I'd definitely be holding him this week. Um, and just on that sort of the extra six trades this season, I I mean, it's why not extra on last year uh, with the extra round. We've got a couple extra from when we used to have 30-odd back when before COVID. Uh, but I don't mind with, with 36 trades that we can be slightly more aggressive in our trade strategy. So I think trading at Rory Laird down um, is is quite aggressive. Um, I If he comes out and scores a 150, I'm probably not that concerned about it. If he comes out and scores 120, I'm probably also not that concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough one. I think it's a, it's a question I want to revisit next week. Yep, but no, definitely totally, be holding him this week. Yeah, totally agree on all points there. I think we spoke about it as well at length earlier in the episode. So, yeah, wait and see after this week and then assess from there. Um, mm. But, yeah, there is merit in doing so if he does put in another stinker, a steaming pile of shit. Um, but let's move on to the next question sent in by Jason Prent, Prentler. Warren, geez, you've really thrown us at the name there. Apologies, <laughs> butchered that. Uh, so question is, Laird to Oliver, thoughts? So... That is virtually a direct trade. Uh, so they're going to give you a, you know, 4.1K in the bank. So on a money-saving side of things, or um, I guess, you know, banking a bit of cash side of things, there really isn't any benefit com- compared to if you were trading down to a bond, for example. Uh, you know, that'll give you 64K or Tom Green, 170K odd. Um, Laird and Oliver should score very similar over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Only really see the benefit of trading Laird if you're banking money from the swap as we just touched on in Emper's question there and your answer, Liam. But again, wait and assess for next week and go from there. Yep, agreed. I, I I, probably don't hate it, but I just think over the season, there's no reason to think that Laird's not going to be a top eight uh, mid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think we're really looking at it in an off game as opposed to what we're going to see week in, week out. So I think trading from Laird to Oliver probably doesn't help. And I think trading from Laird to you know, one of those lower guys does. Um, moving on to our next question, and it is Nerds for Life uh, on Super uh, Nerds for Life Supercoach. And he is on Twitter at Nerds for the number Life SC. And he asks, trade or not to trade? Damon, that's the question. Yeah, I think we've pretty much summarized it throughout this entire episode, mm. really. Uh, it comes down to what issues you have. I think you'd be very, very fortunate if you don't have any issues to deal with, whether it be. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, injuries. I think uh, one person. Oh, sorry. I think most people should at least have one player, like you know, a Stewart or a Jones. If you've got both, um, you obviously have to trade. I think the question probably comes down to more so uh, using a boost or mm. not, um, which we may touch on um, when we have a chat to the uh, the good folk at Supercoach Masters, maybe, and elaborate on that side of things. But I think, yeah, I I, I think you should be trade. I think years ago, I would say, no, hold your trades and trade in round two. But I think it's best used uh, the first two weeks anyway before price changes to really set up your side, correct it where you can in terms of missed rookies, um, the best cash cows, um, and then primos who, you know, you may all, not so much primos, but probably more so mid prices. I think primos you should be selecting from the get-go as if you're going to keep them. Um, but mm. Laird again is probably an asterisk because if he has another downer, he's going to drop so much in price. So that's probably um, an exception to the rule in this case. But I think depending on the number of players that you're eyeing off, keeping in mind, if you're going to use your boost in both weeks, you've only got six trades to use. And if you're not, you've got four trades to use across both the first two weeks. So um, look forward as to how many players you want to get in 
corrective trades and whatnot. And that'll probably give you a fair idea as to, as to how much trades you will need to use. Yeah, I agree entirely. The only, probably the only thing that I will say is limit the number of rookies you're bringing in this week. Um, so if you missed out on a Philip Brewer, Sheasel, um, I don't know who else, a Ginby, unless, yeah, try and limit the number that you're bringing in this week because God forbid something happens to one of them. They get injured, they get suspended, they get dropped. I don't think any of them are going to get dropped, but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you don't want to be bringing them in before their price, first price but price rise because you're going to be wasting two trades, basically getting them in and then having to either, or having to waste the cash gen with them sitting on the, sitting on the bench, um, not making you any cash. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably the only thing that I would say to limit in terms of trades, but I'm not against it in any case. Uh, but let's move on to the next question. It is from freeze on Twitter at, at free FFC. Um, and he asks trading to cogs a week early to get his points with Kelly out. Damon, I'm going to throw that one to you. Uh, yeah. So I guess we've touched on the options with Kelly early in the episode. So should have answered your question uh, with that, but in essence, Cogs should benefit from Kelly out and against West coast should score, you know, half decently. Uh, so he's not mm. really a bad option. I think uh, West coast gave up the fourth most points from memory. Uh, having a look at that in terms of stats breakdown for um, points given up to opposing midfielders. So you'd think he should score well. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's something to, to keep in mind, but yeah, um, he's an option. He's an option nonetheless, I think. Yeah, it's something to factor in. Agreed, agreed. I think as long as, if Kelly's your only option, if Kelly's your only issue, then definitely don't mind that trade down to Cogs. Mm. Um, I don't, don't mind that at all. Uh, moving on to the next question. It is from Alex Caddo uh, on Twitter at, at MacLoveVP. Um, love with a, with a, with a zero. Mm. Um, yeah, like it. Uh, and he asks, I've traded Stuart to Dawson. Am I a moron? Uh, definitely not a moron uh, <laughs> at all. I think it's actually a decent trade. Uh, but as we've spoken about with what to do with Stuart and reference Dawson, um, we probably won't touch on this too much. But I think David and I would both probably give this a tick of approval. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's um, It's safe. As we know, it's it's going to give you uh, the same points or similar number, number of points from week to week as mm. Stuart would. So lock and load. And I, I like the fact that you, you read out the question verbatim, even with yeah. the spelling mistake as well. Am I moron? Am I moron? Maybe, maybe. Oh. Very good. I like that by you, Liam. That's, that's, that's just keeping, <laughs> keeping things true. See, there's, there's no, we're not filtering here. We're just no. it's unfiltered. That's all it is. Exactly. Exactly. But let's, uh, that's it. That's it for yep. I'm the cat. I'm I'm the captain now. That's it for got I got to know this week. Oh no, geez, it's been an action-packed episode. It's been a long episode as well. First mm. up, so uh, hopefully you've appreciated the extra uh, input that we've uh, we've thrown in uh, in terms of those options that you could be looking at if you are an unfortunate owner of the likes of Jones, Stewart, the burnt roast, all those sort of players. But yeah, but before we wrap up, Liam, let's run through our super coach edge. Cup group results, which is, of course, the uh, the public group for round one. Yes, and uh, in our Supercoach Edge Cup group, uh, we've got the highest overall for this week was Chompers. Uh, sorry, Nathan with his team, Chompers. Uh, he sits number one in the group with a score of 2,272, massive score, especially mm. for this round, wow. uh, and an overall ranking of 88th for the competition. Very, very nice. 
Well, that brings us to the very end of the show. But uh, before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, if you want to want to get the full visual effect of, of this this podcast slash podcast, search Supercoach Edge on YouTube, the Captain's Hat and all. Uh, and don't forget to to like and subscribe on Twitter. You'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Twitter, uh, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you search Supercoach Edge, yeah, that's where you'll find us. Very nice. Well, let's hope the Supercoach guides are a little kinder to us all this coming weekend as the introduction to season 2023 was uh, fair to say a baptism of fire. So fair to say all the best for the weekend ahead and we'll catch you same time and same place. See you then. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.